Happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered. Your host, Josh, here. Great to be back talking football. Yesterday, Vikings upset the Niners. I get into that. Then, seven weeks now, through with the NFL season, I give you my top ten teams. I update the list. Again, each list is different. This is not your power rankings. This isn't the league's best. This is who I think, again, from number ten to number one, who it is. Then I finally address the Michigan sign-stealing cheating scandal. I react to what has happened, give my thoughts, and I give you my top six teams in college football as well. And then NBA starts tonight. Very, very excited. We have the Nuggets raising a banner against the Lakers, and we have the Suns, new-look Suns, playing against the Golden State Warriors, look forward to that, and then close up with some baseball. But let's start with the Vikings, Niners. So this week has just been a weird week in the NFL where uh, I believe there's seven, at least seven, probably more, um, if I checked on Sunday of teams that were massively favored or had a lot of money on them, um, they all lost. So Vegas got a lot of their winnings back uh, that they lost so far this year. It was a great day for Vegas. They even commented on it that this weekend was wonderful for them. And they added to their total yesterday as Minnesota upset the Niners. Not a lot of people thought that was going to happen. I picked the 49ers. However, about 15 minutes before we game watching it with my family, and I said, I should pick the Vikings. I should just switch it because this has just been a weird week. Kirk Cousins, primetime doesn't do that well, but watch the Vikings win this game against the 49ers. And sure enough, they did. The Minnesota looked like a team with one loss entering this game, and San Francisco did not look like that team. Minnesota played great. Want to start with Minnesota. Uh, first, Kirk Cousins was fantastic. A lot has been made, especially about myself, of Kirk Cousins, who I have dubbed con artist Kirk, because especially in these primetime games, he's not good. Monday night, specifically, he is 2-10. and ten. Entering last night, he got the victory, so he moved to 3-10. and ten. He was spectacular yesterday. Uh, I think this was one of the best Kirk Cousins games I, uh, I've ever seen him play. And, yeah, he threw one interception, which was, you know, 50-50. Ward took it from Addison. But Kirk Cousins was fantastic. Uh, Ten incompletions, 35 for 45. Almost 400 yards, 378. Two touchdowns. Didn't take a sack. Again, that lone interception. A QBR of 80. That's on a scale of 1 to 100. And a passer rating of 107, which is excellent. He was fantastic. And it was great, too, because this team didn't get a lot of, I thought, great looks running the football. Madison, I thought, was just all right, um, a long of 19. But outside of that, seven carries for 20 yards. Uh, Cam Akers was all right, three carries or three yards a carry. So they rushed for a total of 74 yards. But Kirk Cousins put the team on his back. Jordan Addison was sensational. Looks like another young, great wide receiver in the making. Uh, TJ Hawkinson was reliable, 11 receptions on 12 targets. 
Other guys made key plays. Brandon Powell, uh, KG Osborne when they needed to. This Vikings offense was really good. And I didn't think this Vikings defense was going to be all that special, but they did a great job stopping the run. Uh, they knew. I think we found a formula to beating this team, and that is the 49ers, and that's bottling up the run game. Uh, last week, Cleveland outrushed them, I believe, when 49ers had about 100 yards. Uh, yesterday, the Vikings held the Niners to 65 total rushing yards. Christian McCaffrey, 15 carries for 45 yards. They said no. We are not going to let you run the football. We want to see Brock Purdy make these throws. We want to see if he is elite or not. And Brock Purdy could not make the throws. Brock Purdy does not have that dog in him. Brock Purdy is not that guy. And I agreed with what a lot of people were saying. I was one of the first to say Brock Purdy, he's not Tom Brady. Some people are comparing him to Tom Brady. I said, he's not that. Can we stop with the Brock Purdy hype? And I think this game especially put it to rest because... They needed a touchdown to win this game. Instead of having a game-winning touchdown, you had a game-sealing, game-losing interception, which was just a terrible fat pass. Tried to force it in there, but he wasn't great. Um, two interceptions last night, uh, QBR 63, pass rating 81, and he got bailed out on another one. Uh, he was taking a sack, and he kind of just threw a ball up. Uh, it was a fumble at first, and they ruled him uh, down by contact. So either way you sliced it, he shouldn't have done that because he took the sack. Let's say they ruled it as a fumble. That's very damaging because then the Vikings get the ball there. I believe if it would have been an incomplete pass, it would have been intentional grounding because there was no receiver in the area, and it didn't even make it back to the line of scrimmage. So Brock Purdy showed what he was in Iowa State, and that's who he was last night, which is just a guy. As Steve Smith says, he's a jag. Just a guy, Brock Purdy, is not special. I've seen some memes that this Linsanity run is over, and I agree. Because, guess what? I've seen this movie before. Have you ever seen a movie that, you know, quarter of the way into it, you sit there, you put the pieces together, and you know exactly how it plays out? Are you satisfied with the ending? Maybe you are because you figured it out and you wanted that ending. But most of the times you want a twist, a turn to where you didn't predict the movie a quarter of a way in. Because guess what? I can predict the 49ers, how this season is going to end before it even started. Now, I didn't pick the 49ers to win the Super Bowl before the season started. Heck, I didn't even make them to pick the Super Bowl because I knew what was going to happen preseason, I knew. But this is just for everybody who needed this assurance that Brock Purdy was not that guy. The Niners are not winning the Super Bowl. Let's get that out of the way. We're not going to probably represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy can't play from behind. When he has a lead, he's great. He can manage the ball. He can make throws. But when trailing... And they need a comeback. So far, Brock Purdy is not proven to be that guy. Their five wins to start the season. They had the lead going into the fourth quarter against the Steelers, Rams, Giants, Cardinals, Cowboys. Four of those were blowouts. The Rams were the only close one. 
You look at their last two weeks, close trailing fourth quarter. They cannot beat the Browns or the Vikings. Guess what? Schedule does not let up. They still have to play the Bengals this week. Tough assignment. They have to visit Jacksonville and try to get a win there. They also have to play the Seahawks twice, the Eagles, the Ravens. Yeah, we know how this season is going to end. Maybe they win the division, but they won't be going to the Super Bowl this year. Might not even make it to the NFC Championship game because the Niners just aren't that team this year. This team is good. They're not great. I think the offense is fine. But the defense has regressed. Now, last year, the defense was fantastic. Uh, They were number one in just about everything. And they are, you know, number eight now in total yards. Um, Allowed, they're, of course, top five still in points. Uh, but defensively, the last year they were number one across the board. They're not that. And offensively, they're top ten. They're not like last year where they were top five and both top three in both. So it's a good team, not a great team. That's what we have to accept from this. And their biggest limitation is the quarterback. That is what's holding this team back and which one that's going to continue to hold this team back. Should they go after someone like Kirk Cousins? Yeah, I think Kirk Cousins is an improvement. Over Brock Purdy, I believe you shift from Kirk Cousins to uh, from Brock Purdy to Kirk Cousins. Obviously, that doesn't guarantee a Super Bowl win, but to me, it might guarantee a Super Bowl berth, winning the NFC. That to me is how it would change. It would make them the favorites in the NFC because Brock Purdy is good. He's not very good. He's not great. He's not elite. He is just good. And that's one step above mediocre slash average. So there you have it. 49ers get exposed yet again when Brock Purdy does not have Debo Samuel out there, Trent Williams out there. Um, makes it difficult. Brock Purdy ain't the same guy. Just got to tell you that. I knew it before, knew it last year. This ain't a revelation to me, but for those of you the need of this awakening, there you have it. Brock Birdie's just a guy. Now let's move on to my top 10. I rank my top 10 NFL teams. Now the latter two were tough, 9 and 10. The middle I thought were fine, um, really 3 to, really actually 1 to 8. I felt very confident in this. Um I just want to tell you some of the teams that just missed the cut, uh, didn't make it, uh, debated with them, and that was the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cleveland Browns, and the Cincinnati Bengals. So I didn't put the Bengals in there, even though they were there last week, because they had a bye. I saw some improvement in other teams. Cleveland and Pittsburgh, I like their defenses. Cleveland had a great offensive outing. But I do I believe in them? I still don't. I'm sorry. Maybe it's just me. I'm trying to, but I don't see it yet. They're not in my top 10. But let's go into the top 10. And number 10 is the Buffalo Bills, who I think uh, had a you know bad week defensively. Josh Allen opened with some interceptions, but this team is still top five offensively in the league in terms of yards per game. Also scoring 28 points per game, top five in that. This offense... Is still very good again. 
at times it's very Josh Allen-centric, and it's kind of these same problems we see on offense every year. Thankfully, Josh Allen is playing like one of the best quarterbacks this year outside of the uh, interceptions in the losses that they've had. Uh, he's thrown a lot of touchdowns. He's accurate, 70%, 103 quarterbacks, a high pass rating. Josh Allen is very good. This is statistically one of his best years. I would like the defense to get better because the defense was top 10 coming into the week. They face a Patriots team who offensively isn't that good, and Buffalo gets smacked on. They drop from the um, top 10 defensive uh, ratings because they allowed 364 yards to the Patriots. They made Mac Jones look really good. They couldn't stop him. So Buffalo drops in my rankings to number 10. Number nine, the Seattle Seahawks. Yes, the Seattle Seahawks are moving up in my rankings. Uh, after missing out, they are a good team. I think a mystery team in the NFC West because uh, they don't have the gauntlet that the Niners do. They still have a tough stretch in their schedule, but not as difficult as them. This team is uh, really good. They have DK Metcalf. Uh, Tyler Lockett, his defense as well is improving. They got young stars in Devin Witherspoon, Tariq Woolen. Um, edge rushers are doing all right. But the problem here is the quarterback. Um, some costly turnovers against the Cardinals in the red zone, which was a repeat of what we saw against the Bengals. Cardinals aren't as good as the Bengals are, which is why they couldn't cash those opportunities. But Geno needs to pick up his play. He is the biggest question mark, X-Factor, wild card of this team. You can't have a quarterback playing that sloppy and you expect to win football games. Number eight, the Dallas Cowboys. I'm still not sold on the Dallas Cowboys, especially I'll talk about this uh, with my number one team, but there was a team that made some moves. Dallas is standing pat. I think they're good. However, they lost Trevon Diggs, uh, hurt their secondary offensively outside of Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb, what are they? They can beat you. They can run it up on you. They are still a very talented team, especially defensively, but I do want to see some more from Dak and this offense to catch up with the defense. You're going to have to catch up sooner or later. Seven, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville is a team that is 5-2, and two, I think, playing really good football. You start off 0-2, you win five straight. Uh, that, to me, is a measure of success because the offense still isn't there yet. Uh, you know, you had New Orleans kind of dead to rights, dead in the water, and you had to put them away, and they just couldn't do it. So there is still some issues, some things that I would like to see them improve and work on. Uh, but again, uh, this offense, I think, can continue to get better. And I think this defense will get better, too, over time. Number six, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, to me, this was just right because I think on any given day, they can beat the team seven through ten that I rate just because of their offense. Uh, offense is very good. Again, it is still tops in the league after a loss. The yard mark did come down to 500 to 460. Uh, Boo-hoo, that's still 70 more than the next best team, which is the Kansas City Chiefs. 
points, still number one in that two at 34.3 a game, number one offense, but the defense. The defense is the main concern. It is a bottom half defense in the league. I believe it will improve with Xavier Howard returning healthy, Jalen Ramsey, but until then they have to make do with the, with the depth that they got. Number five, the San Francisco 49ers. Again, I outlined that this team, to me, has regressed a bit. Offensively, still top 10. An offense, a good team. Or, my bad, yeah, top 10 in offense, a good team. And top 10 in defense, so that is, to me, something I look at. If you're top 10 in both, that is nice. That's good to have. But, again, another question mark here is with that quarterback, Brock Purdy, we have seen two times this year. Has trailed in games, and he can't lead his team to a comeback. You can blame the Browns one on Jake Moody. But you throw two interceptions um, against the Vikings in a raucous environment. It's tough to overcome that. Uh, Brock Purdy looks more human than Superman, as some people were claiming he was before then. Uh, Brock Purdy uh, got to play better. Number four. A drop, again, I am objective, I am not biased. The Lions drop to number four, and how humbling is that? The first time I've ever ranked the Lions number one that high in my list of rankings. And they get smoked by the Ravens, uh, but I'm not selling my stock. There's a lot of people that overreact to things in life and make such crazy decisions based on one outcome uh, of many. I am not doing that. I still see the Lions as a very good team. Lamar against NFC teams is 16-1. and one. Uh, So, yeah, he dominates the NFC because you're not used to playing anyone like Lamar Jackson where he can run. I thought that would be a problem for the Lions. I did pick the Ravens, believe it or not, on a few I picked right. But Lions, even though we got shellacked, they're still top five in offense in points. Again, this is a very good balanced team. The defense took a hit. Uh, didn't look... Prepared, Dan Campbell thought the effort was there, um, but I didn't think they were prepared to face Lamar Jackson. So the defense took a hit, still second in rushing defense. Uh, but again, it's humbling. There's things they need to improve. I think this loss was good for them. Uh, they can fix it moving forward. Number three, how about the team that just beat the number four team? That is the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, I have Baltimore at number three. Lamar, to me, is playing his best football. That was the best game I've ever seen Lamar play. He was absolutely sensational against the Lions. He was peak. He picked him apart. apart. Um, some people are trying to still pump the brakes on Lamar. Um, I feel if the Ravens play the way they are playing right now, which is a dangerous offense, it's still improving under Todd Monken. And the number two defense in the NFL, forget top five, all that, they are number two in yards per game and number one in points allowed per game. They are number one or number two in just about every defensive category outside of rushing defense. Only way to attack them. This is a good football team. Which leads me to my number two team in the AFC, top dog in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs. Number two offense in the league. Uh, behind the Dolphins, they are very good. Patch for Holmes, Travis Kelsey, that connection is Pat. Um, can't, uh, again, disregard their 
an experienced wide receiver core. This offense still fires, finds a way to win. Thank you, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Defensively, they're a top 10 unit. They're number two in scoring defense. This is a good young defense that's improving. I'm still looking for them um, to get tested. You know, you saw them face a top 10 offense earlier in the season, and they lost to the Detroit Lions. That has been the only uh, top 10 offense that this team has faced so far this season. Because guess what? The Chargers aren't there um, in terms of offense, which they just faced. They've been inconsistent. Again, the Broncos are not scaring anybody either. Uh, the Jets, uh, you know, Bears, Jags are not top 10 offense. So until they face the top 10 offense, let's circle the Dolphins in a couple of weeks. Then we'll see what this defense is really made of. Uh, their second half of the schedule is loaded compared to their first half, where they have the Dolphins, Eagles, um, Bills, uh, Bengals, and that's in that stretch there. It's over number two. But team number one is the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, they are number one. Can't hate on them. The third best offense in the NFL. Uh, they have the most unstoppable play in the brotherly shove. Nick Sirianni said, when we start a new down, everything is first and nine because we know come third and one, fourth and one, we will get it. They're also top ten defensively. And to me, they just made the biggest move so far of the season. That is acquiring Kevin Byard from the Tennessee Titans for scraps. Uh, he is an all-pro safety, very talented. Uh, safety help, I thought, is what they needed, especially after some trouble covering Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. Acquiring him is good. GM Howie Roseman is at it again, and that's what they do. They acquire talent. They stockpile talent. Um, you know, see what things they need to improve on. They jump on it. So far, they've made the biggest move. They're continuing to go all in. That's why I have the Eagles at number one, because not only are they 6-1 and one, really good, but they also make moves to keep getting better. So there's my top ten. Bills, Seahawks, Cowboys, Jags, Dolphins, Niners, Lions, Ravens, Chiefs, and Eagles. Now, let's move on to college football. And I want to address the Michigan sign-stealing scandal. I won't be talking much on it, but I feel like I wanted to address it because I am the number one Michigan fan. I love Michigan football, basketball, things uh, to do with blue and yellow. So last week, there was a report come out that Michigan is alleged sign-stealing under investigation. Not much was known after that, but then we got some more evidence that this analyst, Connor Stallions, on the team, uh, bought tickets to teams and recorded, again, their allegations, and teams are submitting video surveillance. So I just have a lot of, I think, more questions on this, and again, the investigation will answer it, and then you can have a proper reaction once the investigation is known. Um did I know the rule that you couldn't send an in-person scout to a stadium? I did not know that. And from other people's 
reaction in college football, but Desmond Howard's, uh, Pat McAfee's, the Aaron Rodgers, um, quite a few didn't know about that. And the other thing I find it funny is, you know, you're recording on a phone, it's loud and shaky, hands are in the air. I record some things when I go to football games and I have decent tickets, and it's hard to get the shot you want. It really is, especially, you know, in-game, pre-game, it's, it's easy to get shots. But during game, um, it is difficult, let me tell you. Everybody's got their phones out, their heads are up. It's, it's hard to get it. So I'm interested to see that if it's tied to Jim Harbaugh. Again, I'm not a, a fan of cheating, wasn't a fan of the Astros or of the Patriots Spygate. And this one is eerily similar to Spygate. I'm fine if they cheat and own up to it. Um, but I think this is my biggest problem that I have with just the NCAA as a whole compared to the NFL. Is the NFL finds uh, the players and the people involved um, with it, whereas the NCAA really hurts the program and the students, which I don't like. Um, you know, for example, uh, the NFL was Spygate. They docked the Patriots money and, you know, a first-round draft pick to me, which is fair because it was Bill Belichick and the staff. So you have to find the organization and the draft pick. When it's a player thing, we just looked at the, I think, Broncos and Kareem Jackson, legal hit after legal hit. The NFL suspends them four games because it's illegal. Can't be doing it, so they'll suspend the correct people. It's not like they put a ban on the Patriots or the Saints for spot or bounty gate. That they can't make the playoffs or um, they're done, you know, sanctioned scholarships and all that, which I don't like. Yeah, NCAA will take Heisman's away and things like that and vacate wins, which I don't agree with. So, again, if there's heavy punishment, I expect Jim Harbaugh to be suspended, and obviously I think he'll leave for the NFL. But if J.J. wins a Heisman, they'll forfeit the Heisman from him. They'll vacate wins. If they win the national championship, vacate that, even though obviously nothing leads up to the filming of that. It was all Big Ten allegations and they'll just ruin the whole program and not delegate the people, whether it's that Stallions guy and the defensive coordinator, Jesse Mentor, uh, they attack the whole program, and that's the thing I don't like about it. They try to hurt every player when usually the players aren't involved. J.J. McCarthy isn't talking to people about sign stealing and all that. They're just focused on winning and playing the game and getting prepared by the coaches. And again, NCAA is an absolute joke. Um, that's how I feel about it. Um, I'm looking forward to see when this will be resolved, how much information is known. Do I think they should be suspended and not being able to play in the national championship this year and not the legible? No, that's an ultimate joke. So we'll see how it is. There's a lot of Michigan haters in the news. I will name drop them here. Heather Denich is a huge Michigan hater on ESPN. Um, and who else? Oh, Pete Thamel as well, another ESPN one. Doesn't like Michigan. Of course, there's Urban Meyer on the big noon kickoff. And Fox, who doesn't like Michigan as well. But you even had Deion Sanders talk about it, where you can have the signs. You still need to stop it. So you could know the offensive play. You can know it's a sweep for verticals. You still got to stop it. That's easier said than done. Whereas baseball, 
as he likened it to, it's different when you still signs, you know, a curveball coming. You know, hey, I'm not swinging at that, or the curveball is obviously the right-handed pitcher. He's throwing the curveball here. So you just lay off of it or you know where to hit it. Football, it's much more different. It should go with 11 players playing. They obviously all have to know it, whatever chances they all do. So, and you have to get your signals right that you steal. So there's so many variables and factors into it that, again, it's to me it's a joke. But we'll see when this punishment is handed down. But now I'm going to give you my top six college football teams. Uh, now in the nation, number six, I'm going with the Oklahoma Sooners. So they've looked very good up until this last game. A lot of teams involve, involve scares. But they needed to stop a two-point conversion from UCF to tie the game and going into overtime. They did get it. But to me, again, they're uh, outside of Texas, hasn't played a really strong schedule um, so far. Um, we'll see where they end up, but I got Oklahoma at six right now. Number five, I got Florida State. Another team that struggled to put away Duke. Riley Leonard had them. Um, he gets injured. Then Florida State survives. They also barely beat Clemson, Boston College. So they have struggled and haven't been dominant. They do have some wins over undefeated. So I put them there at five. Number four is the Washington Huskies. To me, they have been most impressive. Yes, just like the two teams I named, they struggled against Arizona State. But outside of that, this offense to me is one of the best offenses in the nation. Michael Penix is still very good. I have Washington at four. Number three, I have Ohio State. Ohio State is just really, really good defensively. Um, they really have changed their model. They've tightened up their defense. Offense has slipped just a touch, and I believe that's with the young Kyle McCord. But defensively, um, to me, they are right up there with Michigan in terms of a defense. And they shut down Penn State. So I have them at three. Two. I have Georgia. Georgia's on a bye week this week. Again, they've had some trouble with their wins, but they're still the champs. They are still very good offensively. I think a little better than they are defensively this year. Um, I think Carson Beck is a very talented quarterback. Um, however, I'd like to see more dominance from them. Number one is the Michigan Wolverines, and this is I'm not putting them one just because I want to stick it to people for the sign cheating scandal, but because they're the most efficient team in the nation. Their uh, efficiency rank is six and a half points ahead of the second best, which is Ohio State. They have the second ranked offense and defense in terms of efficiency. They are absolutely dominant. They have the highest scoring differential in the college football, which is a touchdown more than Oregon has it too. That shows you how dominant they are. There's not been a game going into the fourth quarter where I'm like, this is close. I hope we pull it out. Need to come from behind and win it. It's just not the case. They also have, uh, never have not allowed a score in the third quarter. And through eight games, that is very good. They now get a needed bye, but that is my top six college football teams. Sooners, Seminoles, the Washington Huskies, Buckeyes, Bulldogs, and Michigan Wolverines. Now, some NBA. NBA tip-off 
officially starts tonight. I'm excited. NBA is here. Tip off Lakers, Nuggets, Suns, Warriors. So let's start Lakers, Nuggets. Rematch of the Western Conference. Semifinals, a lot of talk back and forth between that series. Even some talk after this. Uh, Denver won the NBA Finals. Denver was still talking about the Lakers. Uh, Lakers, some players, Austin Reeves, Anthony Davis responded in media day a couple weeks ago. I think this is going to be electric. I have the Lakers winning their um, dogs on the road. Denver's opening the banner. But I just believe Lakers have circled this calendar. They are on a mission, and they are going to beat the Denver Nuggets. I truly believe um, LeBron, year 21, Anthony Davis, healthy Lakers team going up against Denver. They get the win here. All those games last year in this conference finals were close. I believe Lakers get the first laugh of many here tonight. Then we have the Suns and Warriors. So Suns, Draymond Green is out. Bradley Beal's a game-time decision. Might not play, which is weird because they haven't played a game yet this season. I'm going with the Warriors to win this one because of that uncertainty. Uh, even Vegas has pulled from a near-even line to a Golden State uh, three-point favorite. I do believe if Bradley Beal even does play a lot, that, hey, uh, he's not going to, even if he does play, he's not going to play a lot. And I believe defensively. That's my biggest question mark. The question's not offense with KD, Beal, and Booker. Question's defense. Guess who we're going up against? The Electric Splash Brothers, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Let's see how they roll Chris Paul, former teammate. Uh, espionage. We'll see. I like the Warriors. Now, talking about the NBAs too, I need to give you my NBA Finals prediction. So a lot of people are high on the Bucks or the Celtics to win the finals. I'm going Nuggets repeat. The Nuggets have, again, been disrespected, not talked about a lot because of the moves made by the Suns, Celtics, and Bucks. Nobody is talking about the Lakers or the Nuggets as much. They're still talking about them, but the Nuggets third and title odds. Again, there's some disrespect there. Nuggets really, to me, only lost was uh, Bruce Brown. Christian Braun, I think, has improved. I believe they hit a piece in the draft, which will be incorporated into their lineup. I believe the Nuggets repeat. You have to be a great team to repeat. Great will. And I believe the coach, Michael Malone, instills that within Jokic and Jamal Murray, the leaders of this team. They beat the Milwaukee Bucks in the finals, and Jokic cements himself as one of the best centers of all time and perhaps the greatest offensive center of all time. So here are my top five teams going into the season. Number five, Phoenix Suns. Again, they've got the trio and Booker, KD, Beal. Offensively, I'm set. They've got depth pieces, which contributes to their offense. My only concern is defense. Now, Frank Vogel, defensive-minded coach, I think he's going to try to milk the defense out of them. Uh, but it might be a little dry. Four, Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron, still great. AD, when healthy, is great. They got a lot of rotational pieces, a lot of depth, and I like depth. Some people don't like depth. They just want all superstars like the Suns. But what we've seen the past couple of years coming into the finals, winning finals, it's not, yeah, your stars will play well, but it's those depth pieces who contributes to those wins. That's what's key. Three, I have the Celtics. I like them acquiring Chris Depps and Drew Holiday. 
However, uh, last year was the first year I ever picked the Celtics to win anything. I picked them to win the finals. Sold me dry, did me dirty. I just can't. Can I trust Jalen Brown? I just can't. I've seen enough of Jalen Brown. Not worth that money. Don't like the Celtics as much as some people do. Number two, Milwaukee Bucks. They acquired Dane, who I think is the perfect compliment for Giannis. Giannis extended his contract. His future is in Milwaukee with Dame. I like this team a lot. I think he'll be representing the East. And then number one, the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets, to me, deserve to be the one until they're knocked off. They show signs of slowing down, or they just aren't there as repeating champions. But the Nuggets, to me, got to be number one until you knock them out. So entering preseason top five, yes, Denver is one. And lastly, I just want to touch on the MLB. So last night, um, Texas Rangers and the Astros played Game 7 in Houston to go to the World Series. And the Texas Rangers won 11-4, to a dominant win. Um, Garcia was absolutely a phenomenal Adolis Garcia. He has been great for this team. Um, powered through the win. They are 8-0 on the road in the postseason so far this year. Really good. Jordan Montgomery uh, got the win for them. Mark Scherzer started out strong. I thought just was a really great team win. Houston, I thought, made the wrong pitching uh, moves. I thought they should have started. Verlander got to their um, closers early. Um, more of a bullpen game. They didn't. Uh, got burnt early and lost. So they're representing the AL in the World Series. So who will they play in the World Series? Well, either the D-backs or Phillies. Phillies had a chance last night to clinch. They lost 5-1. So the D-backs, Phillies tonight, Game 7 to go to the World Series. It's all on the line. Phillies have never been to a Game 7 in their 141-year history. That's just something crazy, crazy sad. I believe D-backs are just 1-0. They're one win in the World Series over the Yankees in 0-1. So this do-or-take-all game, Philadelphia's loss yesterday is their first loss since last year's postseason against the Astros, losing at home. Very tough place to play. Can Ari Z win back-to-back away games against the Phillies on the road? I believe not. I believe this crowd will be electric. I believe Schwarber Harper will be in the moment. Castellanos. They get the win. I believe it is a close game. I don't think it will be a route like last game's was a route this uh, Rangers-Astros. I believe a close one. Schwarber, LCS, MVP again. You heard it here first. This has been Unbothered. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, everybody.